This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Thank you for your word. I humble myself before you. I ask that you speak through me. Give to your people what they need here today. Lord, help me to articulate your heart and what you want to be said today. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. I'm just going to continue here today in the second week talking about doors uh, and, and open and closed doors uh, in this series and I subtitled this message, Put It on the Altar. Put it on the altar. And I was stirred because I started digging into what the altar is. And I had to be careful. I don't want to get into it right now because I could go off in a tantrum on that. But I really felt God spoke to me, uh, at least in my life, and I believe actually it's for this church body, if you're part of the church body. But but I'm just going to move forward with what the Lord has given me now and and if I take off on a bunny trail, then you know, then that's, that's the Lord wants me to do that. <laughs> so put it on the altar. And we're talking about trusting God when you don't understand situations. Uh, does that speak to anybody here this morning? <laughs> we all are faced with things and we, you know, we just don't get it. I mean, and I, actually I dug into the Hebrew word altar. It means, uh, misbia, it means to slaughter a a, to means to slaughter, excuse me, a place of sacrifice, even if it's not an event involving slaughter. So the altar was a place that in the Old Testament, things were consecrated and they slaughtered unto the Lord. Yes, I know the animal, you know, rescue people, they don't like that. But the truth of the matter is there's so many principles in the Old Testament that speak to a New Testament covenant. Anyhow, but it actually means to abandon something in exchange for something else that's better. Our text is Revelation 3. Our Revelation 3, 6 to 8. The Bible says that what he, Jesus, opens, no one will shut. And what he shuts, no one will open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door which no one can shut. For you have only a little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. And so we're talking about doors and particularly uh, closed doors. But I have a couple other verses here of open doors. Open doors. There I am in the dark. Wonderful. <laughs> you don't need to see me anyways. You need to see Jesus. And when they, <laughs> Acts 14, 27. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared that God had done what God had done with them and how he had opened a door. Can we say that together? Say open a door of faith to the Gentiles. So God does open things up and opportunities in our life. Another one is 2 Corinthians 2. It says, when I came to the city of Taurus to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened a door of opportunity for me. I had, but did it something interesting here? God opens a door of opportunity. Watch this. And then he says, I had no peace. I'm going to shout no peace. Just because you have an opportunity doesn't mean you're supposed to do it. I had no peace in my spirit because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. Hmm, there's a whole message right in there. No peace. 
So there's a lot of opportunities that are out there, and the Lord can even open things up, and it might be not the right timing. Can we say timing? And you all know that I'm a man of high, high patience. You know that through my messages, that I am just full of that fruit of the Spirit. <clears throat> no. <laughs> but I'm growing in that. I'm growing in that. Trusting God when you don't understand it. You know, has God ever said no when you wanted him to say yes? Has there ever been a time when you thought you really were doing God's will and then God shot and barred that door and that you desired to have open and it just, it just didn't work out? It didn't work out. You know, sometimes God has to close the door in our life to create within us, I said this last week, a willingness to follow him to another door or the right door. And in that in-between time is a very frustrating time. Uh, I use the illustration of um, this church when it started. There was a prophet that I was having lunch with him. And I was involved with another church. It was actually in Ashby, the Destiny Church. Wonderful people, Pastor Steve and, and the team over there. And, and I served on that church for, for about nine years. And, but I had this agitation in my spirit I was frustrated. We just got the Destiny Center up and running, and, and it was in 1998, and, and I was frustrated, but I didn't understand what was going on. And I had my wife in seven different countries. Uh, maybe we're supposed to go to Sri Lanka. Maybe we're supposed to live in here, there. Maybe we're supposed to go to Texas. Maybe, And she was just like, ah! You know, she's a steady, stable person. And I had her up in, you know, frustration. It's because I, 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 I was not certain I wasn't certain. How many hear what I'm saying? And, and his prophet said, he said, you know, I went through that same situation and God is constantly pouring us. Now watch this. He, we're at a restaurant and he said, I was at a very fancy restaurant and uh, the guy had the towel over the arm with the glass and he said, more water, sir? And he said, sure. So when he poured it, he did it really pronounced, you know, like one of those things and walked away. And he said, the spirit of the Lord spoke to him and said, that's you, that water. And he, the Holy, as, as he was sharing with me, he said, the Lord said that, that you're in one vessel, a container, and God is always pouring us to something greater. See, I didn't see this here. I didn't see harvests. I didn't have a name. I didn't see all the mission trips. I didn't see the hundreds of thousands of dollars we have dispensed to mission. I, I didn't see that. All the trips that we, I didn't see any of that. I just, I was frustrated. So don't view your frustration is that God is not doing something in your life, okay? And so he said, when that water leaves that stable vessel, it's going into another stable vessel, but in the between time, what is the water doing? It's free falling. There's no concrete, there's nothing. And many of you are in that right now, and you're wondering, God, what are you doing? And you're free falling, but here's the thing, he's gonna catch you, it's gonna be stable, it's gonna be bigger, and it's gonna be better. And when he spoke that to me, man, in 1998, that just brought peace to my heart. And things began to unfold. And this church was birthed uh, uh, back then. And so uh, a willingness, a willingness. And so really, barred doors, we said this last week, can be a blessing in disguise. Why? Because we only see to the corner, but God sees around the corner. Amen? We think we see around the corner. We like to have little bubble mirrors to say, you know what, I can see around that corner, but we can't see everything. The scripture talks about that. We said this, that a big part of faith is trusting God when you don't understand it. 
There's a lot of situations that we go through in life we don't understand. But we, we kind of concluded with this, that God has your best interest at heart. He cares for you and what's going on and what he wants to accomplish in and through your life. Can you say amen? So that's really having a posture uh, when God closes the door. Um, you, you don't know what God really is saving you from. It could be something pretty, pretty traumatic in your life that if you push that door open... It's not going to be good for you, all right? It's, it's really having a heart that says, you know what? I don't want my way. I want your way, God. You know what's best for me, amen? <clears throat> you can see, God, what I cannot see. God, not my will, but your will be done. Can I get an amen? amen. And you know, really, that's a freeing way to live. It's a very freeing way to live. When you really believe God is in complete control, it takes all the pressure off. And that doesn't advocate that we just kind of have a Doris Day mindset. We're not fervent in prayer and in spirit, no. But it does, it does say this, that if we are really going to trust God, we have to be content with the answer God gives us, even if we don't like it at the time. Amen? How many still love me? Say amen. amen. How many love the Lord? Yes, amen. <clears throat> See, often we say, yes, yeah, amen, I'm trusting God, but we're only going to be happy if God does it our way on our timetable. But that doesn't happen all the time. You have to put that dream on the altar, whatever it is that you're, you're you know, and, and trust the Lord and say, Lord, uh, if this is from you, then I want it. If it's not from you, I don't want it. And I'm going to trust you. And, and if it turns out how I'm, I'm feeling it really should, then I'm going to praise you. And if it doesn't turn out how I expected or we expected or how we prayed or how we thought, I'm going to still trust you. And I'm not going to shed my faith and get bitter and angry Amen. and leave church and mad at God and be one of those tens of thousands, if not millions of Christians offended at God because he didn't come through. You know, the son does to clay it, it can either harden it or it can soften it isn't that right and it's our approach to these things in life and the suffering that we go through and and, and i don't have a, 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 a accusation spirit when people go through terrible horrible things i am right there and grieving with you grieving with you so know know that and that that's the really i believe that's god's heart so but thinking you know you don't have to be frustrated in that and and it's helped me to you know what just to say you know i'm gonna trust you lord in in, in all of this problem is is that a lot of times our thinking is limited as i said about god seeing around the corner and and i think god's plan for our life is so much better even than what we think it should be he has a better plan he has a better plan and, and if he didn't close certain doors in your life, then I think it would keep us from the fullness that he has for us. Let me give you just a small family illustration that uh, I can remember back in 1998, we sold our first home and then I was looking for land for a second home. So we were just going to reinvest and I found some property um, just outside this uh, the, the city limit of Alexander, and it's five acres. I was really excited about it. I was like, I really, I really want that. I love the acreage. And, but it was like five times more than what we wanted to spend. And it was really stretching, stretching our budget. And I went to the property, looked at it, and, and my wife, she just didn't have peace. But I thought, ah, she's just not in faith. She don't get it, you know. And I'm really hearing from the Lord. <clears throat> As things go on, it just couldn't work out with trying to get that to work. And, and then so then she just goes on a walk. 
And she's praying, and she goes on a walk. And where she walks was an area on the north part of Lake Mary. And uh, she says, hey, I saw some lots there. And uh, they were reasonable, not on the lakeside, but on, uh, on the roadside. Just, just you know, you overseeing the lake, but it wasn't lakeshore. And I said, okay, okay, well, you know, how much were they? And she said, I said, wow, that's like five times less than what I was going to spend. But it wasn't five acres, but it was adjacent to 20 acres of a huge forest trees, pines, and everything. And our kids were really little back then. And it was a cul-de-sac, so it was hardly no traffic. And uh, I struggled with that, and, you know, well, and we went back and forth, but she was right. And that was the thing the Lord had for us. It was a great spot for our kids. They, if they ran out in the street, I didn't freak out. I'm like, get back in here. And, and they would go play out in the pines and and just have a great time. It was just, it was the perfect spot at the time, but it wasn't what I was thinking, what I want, but God had something better. Amen. Amen. So there will be times that the door closes and you don't understand it. Maybe the relationship didn't work out. That guy, that girl didn't. And you know, the house you wanted to buy, it looked everything that you wanted and the loan didn't go through and, and, and nothing seemed like it worked out. Here's the thing. Will you stay in faith while you wait to see what God is up to? Or will you get bitter? Or will you get better? Amen. Will we get bitter or will we get better? Will we start complaining? I'll be the first one to raise my hand with that. Come on. Start complaining. Nothing good ever happens to me. I can't believe I didn't get the promotion or the raise. And I've been in this company longer than anybody else. Or, or I've heard this. I've treated this girl like a queen and she just wants to be friends. She says, I'm just like her brother. God, I don't want to be a brother. I want to be a husband, man. You know, so yes, we need to trust God with our life. He knows what he's doing. You know, let's be a church. Let's be a body of believers that, that praise God, open the right doors and close the wrong doors. Can we, can we pray that? God, bring the right people across our path. Weed out those that, that just shouldn't be there, that, 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 that the enemy is, is using. You know, I'm slowly learning the closed doors are just as important as the open ones. And some of you are very discouraged today because you, your plan did not work out. And, you know, when the time comes for worship and we say lift our hands and, and a lot of times we just come beat up like we have lions and bears that have been chasing us all week. And you just think, you know, that's why the Bible says we bring the sacrifice of praise. Oh, I'm going to get off on this altar thing in a minute. But the sacrifice of praise. See, it isn't just, well, we're coming to church and <clears throat> we're just going to think positive because I've had a hell of a week. You know, we're, no, we bring the sacrifice of praise. We sacrifice. We know what, what's, what is, what is, what's at our core. We know that Christ is worthy. He's worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. And, and, and so, you know, we get frustrated and, and, and we get frustrated. Things don't work out how we want them to. You know, we just shake that thing off. We need to move forward. Amen. Just shake them off and move forward. God has something better in front for you. God is not hindering you. Can I get an amen? God is helping you. You need to see that the Lord is leaning in to your situation. He isn't a distant God. He is right there with you. Remember a dear lady that she was terribly molested as a child. And, and, and it was horrible, horrible. Went through and it just affected her her whole life. 
Uh, she just never seemed to, she would ebb and flow at times to, to, to break out of it. And you could see God, you know, healing her, but she just was never really free from that. I remember talking one time, I said, you know, dear sister, I said that, you know, and she was like, where was God and all that? I said, he was leaning right in and he was crying and he was broken and he was, you know, he was grieved about what happened. He was grieved. So why didn't he do anything? Listen, when God, you know, we want God to strike certain people with lightning bolts. I don't want you to say amen about that, but you know I'm right, right? But see, if God strikes one person, then he's got to judge everybody. See, the time will come, and he will strike those that need to be struck, unless they repent, right? Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's a very life-giving term in preaching, but you get the point. Deal with, judge the situation. I mean, God is a righteous judge. I've said this, that the wheels of God's justice turn ever so slowly, but they grind ever so finely. So God's justice is out there. It's a, it's a law. It, you, you violate it, those wheels are coming, okay? So uh, get off that. But, but there was a story about a pastor, and this young lady came down for prayer in this church, and she was so discouraged because her boyfriend had broken up with her. And she had this mindset, I don't think I can live without this guy. This guy's everything to me. And, and so she's like, this guy's the man of my dream. So every Sunday she would come down and pray with the pastor and he would pray with her and, and they quoted scripture and that went on month after month and she was as faithful as can be and she would come forward and pray that this relationship would be restored. And, but the pastor relates that he could tell that she was only gonna be happy if God did it her way. So he tried to encourage her and he would say things like, hey, stay open, God knows what's best. You know, things like that. And he sees the big picture. And, and, and she didn't want to hear any of that. She wanted this guy back, no matter what. Well, unfortunately, it didn't work out. And the guy married somebody else. <clears throat> so she was so disappointed. And he, he tells the story. He said she felt like God had let her down. She said to the pastor, this, this is where a lot of people are at. Watch this. <clears throat> All those prayers we prayed. I quoted the scripture. I was good to others. I did everything I'm supposed to do. And she was so offended. She was so upset. <clears throat> she ended up dropping out of church and she, and she just left. <clears throat> Here's a verse here that is challenging. Isaiah 55. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Hmm. Neither are your ways my ways. We seem to think, yeah, God thinks, yeah, God, God's in this. He's thinking like I'm thinking. no. He's higher in his thinking. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's thoughts are always higher. God, you know how you, you find out God's thoughts in a situation? When you're frustrated, you need an answer, and God gives you a rhema word in that moment. Usually it's, oh my God, and you weep, and you are joyful, and you are like, I've got an answer. How many know what I'm saying? <clears throat> a few of you, a few of you. And, and you just know like I was thinking something something totally contrary. God, your thoughts are greater than mine. Amen. <clears throat> God's ways are not our ways. They, God's ways are better, are better. <clears throat> well, the pastor relates that he didn't see this young lady for the longest time. And she actually ended up moving to another city. And so he's, he tells, he says, about five or six years later, this lady comes to the church and she's got this handsome man by her side. And she comes to find out that she's, she's married and they had a beautiful daughter and she was as happy as can be. She was just so happy. And <clears throat> so 
he relates that at one point her husband stepped away and she whispered back in the pastor's ear and she said, Pastor, you remember the young man we used to always pray about? He's already been married and divorced two times. He's constantly in and out of trouble. He can't even hold down a good job. Then she made this statement. The pastor said, I thank God every day that he didn't answer my prayer. That's where a lot, a lot of us are right there in that, in that five, six year thing. Mad, didn't happen, because you can't see around the corner, but God can. He knows what's best for you. And so when that thing that you're praying about doesn't mean we don't pray. That doesn't mean we don't fast. That doesn't mean we don't petition. That does not mean we don't speak the word. Amen? In situations, that means that we don't drive back the enemy. Because a lot of times it can be just the enemy coming in. And you need to resist the devil. It's having discernment. How many hear what I'm saying? In that moment, Holy Spirit discernment we need. Praise God. And so um, a lot of times when we want something badly... We don't. We feel that we can't live without it. We force the hand of God. You know, when I met my wife uh, in Bible school, I just thought, "Wow, God just opened up that door." And and I I did want to be married to her, but I was concerned that that if I that that you know was that God's will for my life. But I really wanted it, and I remember telling her, "I don't want to see you for two weeks. I got to pray. I got to seek God." And uh, I need to find out if this is the will of the Lord because I, I want to make sure that if I marry the right person that's going to aid me in the call of God together that we can serve God in. And I look back at a couple other relationships, whatever, my God, I wouldn't be where I'm at here today. I'd either be in jail or, come on now, some of y'all, I'd be dead, you know, or I'd be a bum on the street somewhere, you know, or some crazy, but, but see, God knew what he was doing. And even created situations to keep me from making a stupid choice. Somebody say amen. And so, uh, but after the two weeks, it wasn't even two weeks. It was like the next day Rhonda showed up. <laughs> we need to get married. I'm like, okay. So, yeah, that's actually what happened. <laughs> she, she knew better than I did, you know. So, <clears throat> when God closes the door, that is a test of your faith. It's a test of your faith. Are you going to get bitter? Are you going to live in self-pity? Are you going to give up on your dreams? Are you going to move forward knowing that God is still in control? Here's the thing. If you will pass the test, God will release what he has for you in the future. Even if it doesn't happen out how you wanted it to happen, God, I believe, will, will, will move on your behalf. There's a scripture uh, here in Genesis chapter 22, 9. I'm going to spend time to, to read all that. But it's the story about Abraham and Isaac. Now, we know Ishmael was the child that, you know, from Hagar that uh, uh, Abraham married to try to get the promise that God said of, of a nation. And God said, no, it's not through Ishmael. It's through uh, Isaac. He is uh, laughter. He's the, the, the one that uh, is going to be the lineage and that I will bless. And and so, so they, she, you know, Sarah gives birth, Isaac, laughter, and this is his lineage, this is the promise, and the Lord says, I want you to offer him up as a sacrifice. What? I, I want you to just, we read these things, and yeah, me, man, we want, it's crazy. That's nuts. What are you talking about? Offer up your son? What kind of God are you? See, oh, I'm gonna get off now. God has us in a season that as a church, we're moving into, I believe, a new season. 
It's a season we don't really understand how impactful it's, it, it's to be. I believe that. I really do. But see, see, the temple in the Old Testament was the place where the, there were sacrifices and there was an altar. But here's the thing. This was what God spoke to me this week. I'm just going to give it to you because I really felt God spoke. When he spoke it to me, it was, it was very, very impactful. The Lord said, son, the altar was built before the temple. See, the church is secondary to the altar. What does that mean? God requires sacrifice in our lives. And that's what's going on in this church body. We are about to, see, we can't tip God to a new building. Did you hear that? We can't, we just can't, uh, we're just gonna sacrifice a little bit and we're gonna, it's gonna cost us. It's gonna cost us in our life. It's gonna, I'm not just talking money, please hear me. It's gonna cost us in our sacrifice. It's gonna cost us in our devotion. And you say, is that life-giving? Absolutely. Jesus, the cross was the greatest example of sacrifice. He said, well, what, Bob, we're not supposed to, we're under grace. Romans 12, one, one and two, what does it say? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. We are not moving into another place until this church body embraces sacrifice. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means for you, but I know what it means for me. But I know that God is calling, and, and he's lighting upon each and every one of us where things that we thought were important are not important anymore. The things that we devoted our life to, God is calling us higher up to something that's a lot more holier. That's sacrifice. And, and, and see, and the thing that we love the most, God is saying, are you willing to lay that down on the altar? Why? The altar was built before the temple. We'll enjoy the temple, but God, God is saying, where's the sacrifice of this church? Where is the consecration? And you know, here's the thing about sacrifice. When the prophets of Baal, see, I told you I'm gonna go off on tandem. The prophets of Baal, uh, there was 400 of them. They were so mad of Elijah because there was no water. He said, there's not going to be no rain for three and a half years. They wanted to kill this guy. The king had a death threat out of him. And so he says, brings him up to the mount. And he says, okay, you do our sacrifices to your God. And, and then the God that answers by fire. Most of us know the story. And, and they, the prophets of Baal caught and they bled. And they did all this. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. All natural things, you know. That's legalism. All those things. I'm going to. And then it says that after they were done. And he was mocking them. And he said, okay, here's what I want you to do. Get seven barrels of water and dump it on the altar. How many of you know the most precious thing after three and a half years of drought? was water. Where, I mean, it's just saying they're in the middle of a drought. Where are you going to get all this water? They had to bring something that was the most sacrificial thing at this time and pour that on the altar. Then God showed up and answered by fire. Why? Because they sacrificed. See, God responds to sacrifice. Hallelujah. I don't know. I just need to lead on that thought. Stand with me if you would, please. I just, I'm stirred in that. We just need to worship here for a moment. God responds to sacrifice. That we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. I don't want you to filter every situation that you're going through or things happen. How many know we have insurance out there because accidents happen? Come on. And we can't point at every situation and go, the devil's behind that. You know what? If I'm, you know, walking with, you know, slippery shoes on ice, how many know there's a potential to slip and fall? Come on. 
The devil's not in that. It's just gravity, okay? Let's not get goofy here. But the truth of the matter is, is that, that in God's kingdom, there are principles. There are principles. See, after the Babylonians uh, had the children of Israel for 70 years in bondage, they went back, they built the wall, they fixed their house, they did their houses over, and they're ready to start the temple, but the temple was postponed because the altar had to be built first. The altar is always before the temple. So with every head bowed here this morning, what is God putting his finger on in your life that you need to sacrificially do in this season? I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. But God is calling this church body up higher. And we're just not going to just flippantly just enter into something because it's a cute thing to do. It's going to cost us. It costs us. It costs us of our lives. How, does, how, does a, how do you present yourself a living sacrifice? Well, it doesn't mean you die. You live holy, acceptable. There's that word holy. That's one thing right there, consecration. God is calling us up higher. All of us. I just sense his presence here. I really believe, and I'm going to declare it, that God is awakening many of you to do radical, sacrificial things for his kingdom. Radical, sacrificial things for his kingdom. And you will see God move on your behalf as you are obedient to those radical, sacrificial things for his kingdom. What that looks like, I don't know. But it's something that is costly. Abraham offered up the thing that he loved the most, his son, and who was ready to plunge the knife. The story is horrible. The angel of the Lord said, no, don't. I don't want you to hurt your son. I just want to know, are you willing to lay on the altar what is most important to you? For some of you, it might be money. Money is your idol, and you need to lay that on the altar because you're trusting in money. The thing about money, which is so horrible, the more you have, the more you want, you're fearful that you're going to lose it. What is it? Maybe it's your time. Maybe it's your desires. Maybe it's, I don't know, materialism. I don't know what it is. But the enemy does not want you to let go. When Abraham, God knew in his heart that he was consecrated and he was going to take, you know, offer up his son. Lord said, don't bring no harm to that boy. I've provided a sacrifice. A lamb in the thicket. Hallelujah. The picture of Jesus. That's why Christ came. He was the sacrificial lamb. God held up his end of the covenant. He said, yes, I'm going to send my son. With every head bowed, you, 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 you know that God is speaking to you now. The door may be closed because God wants you to put it on the altar. Whatever that may be. Whatever that may be. I don't, I don't know what that looks like for your life personally. But the, God is calling this church up higher and it's going to entail sacrifice not in a works mentality do we love God with our heart soul mind and strength or is God just something we pay tribute and tip him an hour and a half on a Sunday is God our all our everything let's pray Lord we sense. I just know this is a strong word, but Lord, you're dealing with this with me. And I know I'd be held accountable if I didn't share it. And God, right now, whatever you're requiring of your people, reveal that to them. 
Some of them, Lord, they just will get it back with the thing that they love most that turns around and, and priorities will be aligned properly. Some of us, things need to be laid down and they need to be slaughtered. They need to be just done away with. Lord, reveal to your people, I pray, here today, what we are to lay down, what we are to pick back up. We trust you in all things. In Jesus' name. You're here this morning as a pastor. I'm not right with the Lord. I'm not right with God. I need to get right with him. I'm just sensing his presence that I, I need to return to the Lord. Can we pray corporately here this morning for you to receive Christ and those that watch him by television? Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Show me what I'm supposed to do. Teach me, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to invite all the workers to come forward. Those of you who are here, and these are safe people. These are godly people. These are people that are prayed up. They're here to love on you and minister to you. And perhaps maybe something that was spoken here this morning, you need to respond in faith to. And just come forward and say, you know what? I need a prayer of agreement. Maybe there's healing in your body you need. You need a touch from God. We believe in the scriptures. It talks about to anoint with oil and, and pray with you. And, and, and so these are safe people and they're here for you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. And I just thank you that your word is going forth here today. Albeit a challenging word, but it's the word of truth. I believe that. So shall your word go forth. It shall not return void. It's going to accomplish, Lord. And I thank you for stirring in each and every one of us, God. That next step, that next level, Lord, that you're calling each and every one of us. And though that closed door will become an open door, it will become an answer. Lord, you're going to bring clarity to the hearts and minds of your people. Priorities are going to change. Things we so were passionately focused on, those priorities are changing. And we're going to have a kingdom focus. We thank you, Father God. I bless the people of God this week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.